This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Uh, awesome. Okay, I've never done this before, but overall, just excited to talk to you and tell you about Canis Panthers. Yeah. Yeah, Dogs, just... they're such, they're like, they heal the soul, in my opinion. Like, you know, when I'm having a bad day, like, I always look forward to the ability to just see my dogs just because, yep. like, I just feel better after being around them. And, yeah. like, you know, there's, no, there's nothing that can replace that, nothing that can come close to it. It's just, it's dogs. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so my name is Sadika Blondeau. I'm 19, almost 20, and um, I've been around animals since before I could remember. My first dog, she was a German Shepherd named Callie. And Callie was, like, my partner in crime. You know, I did everything with her. And all the way up until the day that we had to put her down due to, like, terrible hip dysplasia. And then, you know, I hadn't necessarily had, like, much of a, like, interest in dogs. I've actually grown up around horses my entire life and, like, trained horses, worked horses, you know what I mean? Everything that you need to do. And then my mom had met um, a trainer called Bill Ellinger. Um, I'm, maybe you've heard of him. Maybe you haven't. Mm. He's a pretty good trainer, in my opinion. And... Um, he taught me, he just like, he just started teaching me how to train dogs, teaching me how to like be around them and teaching me their like, the, the pack mentalities and different like mindsets that you can find a dog like being mm -hmm. in. And then like, because he is such a busy trainer, he's always like um, traveling and this and that. He just started having me do like the obedience work, the like the desensitizing work, the like just, you know, giving them the TLC, like whatever the dog needed that wasn't like, protection training or like service dog training he had me doing just so that I could make some extra cash and also have something like to kind of keep me occupied and in that I just found like a full passion I love dogs and like I don't see training dogs as something that's like you know making dogs do what I want them to do like in essence that is exactly what I am doing but I find it more of like connection between the human and dog because we are completely speaking different languages, you know, body language, tone, everything. And so sometimes people don't understand how different dogs are, in my opinion, mm -hmm. to like, you know, what they really are. And so like, I just started, you know, working with people with their dogs and teaching like, you know, the dog what they needed to know and then going to the people man, look, your dog isn't doing this because she's rude. She's doing this because she's scared. Or she's doing this because, oh, here's one dog right now. This is Klaus. This is the, like, this is our wow. dog. <laughs> um, and, you know, I just started doing that. And I kind of noticed that, like, I'm not training dogs. I'm just trying to help the connection between human and dog. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was, like, a huge, like, breakthrough. I was like, wow, like, this is my thing. Like, I totally get this. Because mm -hmm. I feel that dogs, like, they have, they have a soul. Like, maybe some people will disagree, but at the end of the day, it's a living being. And sometimes I feel that, like, they end up getting, like, mistreated just through misunderstanding. And so I find that it's, like, my, like, my goal to just try to ease and make less understanding between dog and human so that things can just be better for both. And, you know, I'm not super, like, I haven't had the time to learn everything in this, you know, in the um, in the fields and 
everything like that. And, you know, of course, it's always just going to be a learning curve. It's always learning, right? But, you know, from what I've learned from the animals, what I've learned from, like, other animals, because at the end of the day, like, I can take what I've learned training a horse and just turn it into a dog sense, like, mm-hmm. what drives to do what it wants to do, what makes it scared, what makes it this. And then I got found just, like, so, like, I have so much database of, like, different training. And if you mm-hmm. just kind of, like, tweak it a little bit, I could, you know, like, reach understanding and, like, communication with the animals and, like, bring out a fully different dog. This dog that I have, um, Bella, right here. I'm sorry, you can't really totally see her. She's actually my training dog right now. Um, she's a year and a half years old, and I'm actually aiming to breed her to Klaus, the one that just came up, uh-huh. because she's the perfect, like, the body. And uh-huh. I just want to say that both of these dogs, they came from Rock of Ages Kennel um, in different ways. Like, I just, I don't want them to think that I'm, like, trying to take all their credit, because at the end of the day, Rock of Ages Kennel is where all these dogs originate from. In Rock of Ages Kennel, they're more of, like, they're a more aggressive dog. They're more a protection dog. They're not for like the family pet, but more like the family protection, you know, because in certain places like in Illinois, it can get pretty dangerous on the streets. And when we got a hold of these dogs, we were like, wait, but like, yeah, they're super, like, they're aloof, they're protective, they're like naturally defensive. But at the same time, they're so cuddly, they're so lovey. They want to just like, like we have this, the Shere Khan, he can't be left out because all he will do is just lay on you and like put his head on your lap all day mm-hmm. if you let him. And like, that's all he wants to do is just loves. And it's like, awesome. I didn't even realize you guys had this like, you know, character flaw or not flaw. I mean, sorry, characteristic. So, you know, I just started to really fall for these dogs and like the characters that came from them because each each and every one of these dogs is a fully different dog it's like they're almost like little people like yeah you know obviously they're not little people but like the the things that they want to do the things that make them tick the way that they like each dog has one like one problem and yet each dog goes through that problem in a different way they look at it a fully different perspective and like having so many different perspectives in one type of dog just taught me so much about how like you can change your perspective and just understand something just by changing your perspective. And like they, they're an amazing, like, they are just such a like, I almost would say they're almost like a spiritual animal. Like there's something about them that's just a little bit more. Like I love shepherds, but like the things that shepherds won't notice are things that the Canis Panther will notice, if that makes any sense. Does mm-hmm. that make any sense? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's just, it's awesome. You know, it's awesome having, like, sometimes, okay, for example, Bella, this dog, yesterday there was something that she was, like, thinking that was going to get us while we were sitting out in the backyard. And the whole time, she kept herself between the thing that she thought was a danger and me or my friend. She, like... She wasn't on me. She wasn't really close to me, but she was just naturally in between the, like, the situation of danger and safety. And there's, you know, and I saw it as two different ways that she could be like approaching this. Either she wants to be near me for safety or she wants to be near me for protection. And like, look, you're not getting to her because that's naturally how they've always been. Um, we had a dog, her name was Isis. And after the Egyptian goddess, and um, 
like she I was roughhousing with um like my like a friend or you know I was roughhousing with someone and she like started growling at that person because like I was losing in the roughhousing and she saw me like in a situation that could have been like in her eyes very dangerous and she was ready to like pounce and we had to like oh crap like Mm-hmm. stop 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 the dog <laughs> and like she was nine months 11 months old you know she wasn't even a full year old yet and already like that's my person you need to back off and so you know it's just they, they have such cool qualities as a dog themselves that it's just like I would I just want to I want to know more about them you know I want to share mm-hmm. what I know about them. I want the world to know about them just because I think they're worthy of it and yeah. on top of it, like, they need, they need the socialization. Like, you know, I talk about how great they are. And I, you know, I haven't mentioned yet that, like, they, they're wary dogs. You know what I mean? They're mm-hmm. naturally standoffish. And so mm-hmm. because you are given that, those set of cards, basically, in that dog, you have to be really good with them about getting mm-hmm. them out there. When we have the puppies, like, we put them in a sling and we take them places because they can't go on the floor yet but you still want them to see the world, see people mm-hmm. and like just experience loud noises and this and that. When we have a litter, I'll call my friends over and just like, it's puppy play date time, just desensitize them. Mm-hmm. And we just do whatever and what, anything, whatever we can just to like give that dog a little bit of something to start thinking about early on before it starts to let the natural like instincts of fear or protectiveness or just like be more standoffish um so for instance like klaus he comes right up to it people he's he'll check you out he'll you know he won't be your best friend right away because like he has to figure out whether or not you're a good person first but once he figures out if he if you can trust you or not he's great and even if he doesn't think he can trust someone he's not just going to go attack them he's just going to stand there we sometimes have people coming in for um like you know the pool or something and if he doesn't recognize the person, if it's a new person, sometimes he'll just sit outside the door. Like he'll sit like, you know, like close enough to scare the person and just not let them get out of the car. He just barks at them, growls. And it's like, because you're at our house, you know, he doesn't know who you are. We didn't, we didn't give him a phone call. And he's like, hey, you're not allowed here. You're not supposed to be here. But he's not just going to go maul someone because that's not that's not the kind of dog that we in any way would like, because mm-hmm. that's not a good representation of the breed, in my opinion, because they, they have just so much better qualities than that. We did protection training with her before this. And like in S, like the goal was, and I did this, this training occurred with Bill Ellinger and we, you know, we worked her, she became very good. You know, like I did trials with her. I got her, um, I got her a title, you know, we did all kinds of stuff and um, then, you know, I still just couldn't trust her even at the end of like all said and done, I still couldn't trust her. And then after having taught her to bite and like, she already was defensive, but teaching her when it is and isn't okay to bite, she didn't fully catch it. And she just started to think that she could attack when she wanted. And it was like, you can't do that. You really can't just bite a kid because they got too close to you. And so we had to, we had to let her go for that one just because, you know, it's not, you know, you want you want to know that the dogs you're putting into this world are dogs that are going to contribute to this world, not bring it down. Mm-hmm. And so we truly put effort in. You know, if we have a dog that's not fit, not not becoming like you know at all safe for people, you know, we we work with it for at least a year. 
you know, we keep on it just because they're amazing dogs. They have, so, but they're so sensitive. They have, they truly, they have feelings and they will remember what they went through early on and they will live with it and they will let it stick with them. And these dogs are just, you know, very, very connected, very connected. Mm -hmm. that like, I want to say these things because like, they're the ugly truths. They're the stuff that you have to keep in mind. But if you know, if anybody wanted to get a dog and they wanted to put it through this harsh training of like becoming a super defensive dog, you know, this is something that they have to also keep in mind that, you know, you could let your dog almost kind of fall off the cliff of defensiveness and just turn into a defense dog. It's, it's ready to defend whenever it has the opportunity to. And, you know, they're not like that because you don't put them in that, you know, you just let that, that instinct form naturally. And then, you know, as life goes on, you know, there's a little bit too much of a response to something you, you know, you, -uh, you know, you, know you, you bring it back down and you just let them kind of learn that what's right and what's wrong and defensive, unless you're looking for a dog that's truly going to bite. Cause I wouldn't ever trust that a dog that wasn't trained to bite would bite. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. What uh, what drew you uh, and I suppose your family to the to the Candace Panther? What was the how did you guys find out about this dog? And so it was actually my mother. She had been looking for a new service dog because her current service dog was a Doberman. Our last dog was a Doberman, and um, the service dog Zoe. She was you know she was great, but she was getting old and. You know, we saw that, you know, she was slowing down and she needed a little extra help. So we're like, time for a new dog. And in the process, my mom came across Canis Panther. And at the time, she was with Bill Ellinger, the trainer. And so he and her, like, decided, you know, they, they did a lot of research. They were like, wow, this is the dog. This is the dog. So we got two females from them, um, Isis and Asia. Asia was, like, amazing. She had a... Her confirmation wasn't so pretty, but her personality was great. And so we decided to breed Asia um, when, once we decided how cool the dogs were, you know. And, you know, I just kind of became a part of it just through association of being a part of a family. And then when things no longer worked out with my mom and the trainer, they, they split and the, and the Narcocanus Panthers scene kind of just like, slipped and my mom no longer wanted to do it um, we had our last litter and we had a lot of dogs left over we had hadn't had a lot of people looking for them and so you know it kind of got a little stressful like are we gonna end up with a bunch of dogs that we don't even want we didn't but like you know the the stress and the concern of it and so then you know I was kind of paying attention like I was just still judging because I always worked on the page like my mom can't really do that great on Facebook it's 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 a maze for her. And so I, I was always doing the page. And then I started like seeing some people picking up, picking up, you know, messaging me, you know, when's your next litter? Well, what's, can I get a dog from you right now? I want a dog. I want a dog. I want a dog. And I was like, hmm. And then people in Europe started messaging me. People started messaging me like, you know, I saw, um, you know, the other, the other breeder, but you know, like I've also seen some of your dogs and I was just curious and this and that. And I was like, there's, there's the interest all I have to do is just put in that effort. And so I started just posting pictures and, you know, I was like, you know, maybe I'll just get a couple more followers and maybe I'll get a little more attention on it. And maybe someone will want to work with me on it or, you know, something. And I just kept doing it. And then before I knew it, you know, I have this dog who I'm going to breed when she's old enough. She's a year and a half now. 
I'd like to wait for her to have at least one to two heats before just, you know, for her body. And, um, you know, I started working over the summer. I was doing an internship with um, Gold Hill Canine up in um, Newcastle in, in California and, you know, started learning with them. He did some like um, a, he did some like research and was like interested in NorCal Canis Panthers as well. And, you know, just through that, I started just gaining more and more, you know, attention in the dog and like different people, um, you know, were like, I want a Klaus puppy. I want a dog from you. And so I just, you know, I was like, why the heck not? You know, it's, I love mm-hmm. them. It's available here. You know, I have the, like, I have the resources and I have the like room and I have the room in my heart to do it. And like, I would like to create more dogs in this world that are, you know, a good dog. And, you know, when I, when I have these puppies, you know, we put them in kennels when they're six weeks old and start kennel training them. And, you know, when, if we have them in, um, people want their puppies ears cropped, we'll get them done before they're, they're sold because that way we can make sure there's no, you know, infection and this and that. And mm-hmm. it's just like, you know, I want my, I want it to be clear that I'm passionate and mm-hmm. that I care animals and it's not about what money i'm making i honestly have no idea if i'll make money if i breed the dogs because you know you put so much money into them Mm -hmm. that it's like kind of impossible really to expect that you're going to make money out of them but talk about the 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 history uh, what you know of the history of the canis panther or who developed it and and what breeds uh were used to to make the standard that it is today so this is all hearsay, right? Like I've learned, I heard this story and like the, this, like, you know, how it went down through Bill who heard it through, um, Dixon Stratton, who is with uh, rock of ages kennel. I'm 90% sure that's his full name. And so, um, what I know this as to be is that they are a product of the black Panther movement because in this like t- point in time, um, you know, uh, black people would like do all the work. They would train the dogs. They would clean the dogs. They would, the dog would basically be theirs, but the title of the dog would, uh, would belong to some white guy. And like, he got all the credit for it. And you know, the people doing all the work behind the scenes never even recognized, never. And they got fed up a bit. You know, they were tired of doing that. They were tired of not allow- not being allowed to have a nice dog. And so they took a, um, a, a lab female, cause you can get your hands on a lab much easier. And they took those nice, really nice dogs they had been training all along and bred them to the labs and then just created a dog. So it became lab, Great Dane, Doberman and Staffordshire Terrier are the four breeds that this, this dog is composed of. Part of the actual creation of the dogs um, passed away. And when he passed away, there was like a lot of dogs left over and with all those dogs left over, different races were able to get these dogs and, you know, get their hands on it. And then it just kind of happened and just kind of seeped out. And so when we messaged um, Rock of Ages Kennel, we, you know, we messaged them, wanted a dog, and we got kind of like the dogs they didn't really want. And we got them, even though, you know, we're not heritage on, you know, in this sense. Um, And so, you know, it was kind of cool. Um, And that's what I understand it to be the like how these dogs you know were created because you know like all this work all this um effort that had been made 
by the black people um, and was just fully being totally like ignored totally right that's kind of how it was in that point in time but they were just being so under um, appreciated that they were like you know what fine I'm gonna make my own dog and it's gonna be better than yours and personally I think they are I think that Kenny's Panther is the best of both worlds. I think it's the best of the Great Dane, the best of the Doberman, the best of the Staffordshire Terrier, because they have the strength, they have the agility, they have the power, but they also have the care. They have the cuddliness and like the family dog aspect of the lab, you know, and certain dogs express more of one like gene. So I, we have one dog, his name is Bowie. He's not here right now, but he's down the street and He's like the size of a Great Dane. He's absolutely, he's like easily a foot taller than his dad. But he's, he's a puppy. But he was like, he had been fixed like really early in life. And so he hadn't had his growth plates to close him into like, you know, the average size. And then I have other dogs that are like, much smaller than Klaus because they're on the lab side. They have more of a lab face. Mm -hmm. Bowie, he has great dane kind of head you know it's more narrow has like a more um the, the thing right here in the middle you know he's just he's a bigger dog he's got longer legs he's more slender but then um you know klaus for for example he looks a little bit more staffordshire terrier he's got a lot he's a little bit of a shorter nose and a little bit more bulky he's also just more bulky because he's he you know he's a male and he hasn't been um cut or anything like that but nonetheless he's still you know he still has that kind of like that snout and like that shortness to him. If you look at my pictures on the Norcock Canis Panthers, you can certainly t see what I mean. Uh, and so what I'm aiming to do is when I breed him to this dog, Bella, I wish oh, I can switch. She's totally just passed out right here. <laughs> Bella has more of the Doberman look and she has a bit of a longer snout but she still has the rectangle head of a Kenyan's panther. They don't have, you know, they have more of a rectangle-ish kind of head and a, like a thicker kind of like snout, but not super big and like super bulky. They're, you know, they're more streamlined of a dog. And because she looks more like a Doberman, it'll keep kind of that like Doberman like heritage in because like a part of the issues with like keeping this breed alive is that like there ha there's inbreeding that's like, that just naturally occurs through it, right? If you only have so many dogs, you can't mm -hmm. create a new Canis Panther. Like, I couldn't make a Canis Panther just because the genes of those Canis Panthers, when they used them years ago, are gone. There's no more of those genes. Those genes have passed on and been changed and changed and changed through more breedings and more this and more that's. And so, like, right now, we're kind of stuck with what we got. And then you just have to kind of, like, throw in little bits of it just to let it grow outwards. And so this, I believe, and she's also, she's a good size. She's like the same height as Klaus, whereas Asia, she was smaller. And so they have a higher possibility to throw bigger babies this, this round as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's kind of cool because like, I'm curious to see what kind of babies are going to come out of her. You know, was the Great Dane like heavy, you know, the, the influence of Great Dane, was it on the mother's side or was it on the father's side? And, you know, just interesting, like, kind of, like, you know, gene, like, understanding and, like, tracking and learning from what is, is kind of interesting is to me and, like, to see how it's going to work out, you know, further on. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
you know, I go out, people are like, oh my God, what kind of dog is that? And I'm like, it's a Candace Panther. And they're like, what the heck is a Candace Panther? And I'm like, oh, well, it's a dog composed of Lab, Great Dane, Doberman, and maybe a little bit of Staffordshire Terrier in the beginning bits. And, you know, I tell them about the dog and they're like, that is such a cool dog and it's so well behaved. And I'm like, they're easy to train. Like, if you know what they want, they, they want, you know what makes them tick and you raise them with like, you know, a good mindset all the mm -hmm. way through. Different, each dog, you know, one dog, it's like, you know, I want to play ball until I simply just can't. Klaus, he will play ball literally until he like runs into the ground and then he'll keep playing. Like mm -hmm. over the summer, I had taken him to Tahoe for, you know, just a day trip and we were throwing the toy in the, the water and he just swam and swam and swam and swam and like we didn't even realize how long he'd been playing and at one point he like had just drank so much water while playing the dog was peeing for like five minutes straight. <laughs> <laughs> he was so tired yeah right but that like little bit of like direction and they're they fly they fly into it and that's that's part of what makes them so cool is because they're not so hard to understand mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but they can be <laughs> Yeah, right. How many uh, um, kennel uh, Candace Panther kennels are there? Is there how many breeders in the United States do you know of? Two. Um, as I know of, there's two. There's one. There was another one in um, California, but they weren't like they did not resemble Candace Panther at all, and so like, and people people don't you know go to them for their Penis panther look, and so I, which they're not really um, counted as, because they created their own penis panthers, and you can't make a, you can't make the dog anymore. It's already made, um, as opposed to I, you know, I don't have the ability to always have a new breeding, and I, you know, have the room to always have a new breeding, but I ha plan to have one once a year, like if I, you know, if everything else permits, right. Um, that's my goal once this dog is able to. But I think that, you know, the mindset is really what puts us different than Norcock and er, Rock of Ages Kennel because at the end of the day, we're also using their dogs. But this is where the argument of nature versus nurture comes into, into play. And, you know, we have such different dogs than the dogs that are from um, Rock of Ages Kennel Apparently, this is what I've been told by people and why they've come to me. But it's also because, like, my goal is to not create a dog that is for defense, defensive nature and to be, you know, protector of, like, the property. But because I want these dogs to be a good dog. I want this dog to be a good member in this society. I want it to, you know not be scared of stupid stuff and to, you know, be there when you need it. If you need to go for a walk with it or you want to go for a hike, but you can't because it doesn't listen, well, what's good, what good is it? What good is it in defending you if you mm -hmm. can't even take it to keep you safe? Because, like, not everything's going to happen at your house. And so in my, you know, view of it is that they just, they have to be an easygoing dog. They have to be a dog that you can reach. They can, you know, they have to be a dog that, you know, you can communicate with and understand and they can understand you. Any registries or uh, that that recognize this breed? Is yes. There... Okay. So um, American Dog Federation is mm -hmm. one of them. 
this is for uh, Asia, the mother. Um, she, we do not have her anymore, but we gave her away after getting her fixed because we had, uh, my family had thought that she was no longer going to be used in the breedings and that we were going to stop breeding. So here's mm -hmm. another certificate of registration. And then um, here's the pedigree for the female. Mm -hmm. Can't tell if you can really see it, but um, so yeah, no, they definitely, they're definitely a recognized breed. Um, let me see. Let's see what else I have. Uh, da -da -da. Um, each dog gets, um, like when we sell them, we, each dog is like chipped and is chipped, registered and given vaccinations and mm -hmm. warming as well. Um, you know, and a vet sees them all. Here is also Klaus's, uh, service dog registration. Awesome. Awesome. You know, we definitely, you know, have, um, the the care to have them you know be the service dogs just because you know you can take them places with you you can do stuff with mm -hmm. them you know and if the dog acts you know like a service dog should it's awesome you know it's mm -hmm. great to have the animal itself just because they're able to be of you know use and guidance in your life in even in moments when you're totally you know confused and it's kind of cool Here's this Bella girl right here. Aww. Bella. Hi, sweetness. Aww. Oh, hello there. <laughs> Could you talk about, like, the uh, specific standards as far as, like, the height and weight and and uh, the pr proportions that the DRA, uh, the registry that you guys go through, what, uh, for a male yeah. and a female? I'm sorry on the... Number like I have so okay so a dog so males are normally about like eighty five to one hundred pounds on average. Sometimes they can easily be down to like seventy to sixty. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the times it really depends on like you know where they where, like, if they haven't been um, fixed then they'll get heavier um, naturally, but if they've been fixed they're much sleeker. Here let me bring out the one that we have who is fixed, just to kind of give you like a sense of what I'm talking about. Um, Shere Khan, come here. So here is Shere Khan. Sit, uh, come here, please, for me. Thank you. Oh, good boy. Uh, so he's much. Uh, sit, sorry. He's he's still waking up from his nap. Yeah. But he's much he's much smaller. Um, you know, he's less wide wow. as Klaus, who unfortunately is on our couch <laughs> yeah. let the dogs get it <laughs> oh look at him oh, he's beautiful they're both this beautiful here is... come here. sit come on come here dude sit for me please thank you <laughs> oh, so he that. actually was with um i on numbers on their size and like their height i unfortunately don't have like the like this... centimeter height like mm. unknown but let me grab a tape measure and do it just for you right now from her foot to her um her shoulder she's about 25 inches like tall and that would be like that's pretty like that's average she's actually she's a bigger female penis panther so 
males could easily be the size of her or smaller or bigger. Mm-hmm. But on average, they're about easily 25 centimeters, 25 inches tall, which is about 70 inches. I mean, centimeters, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not 70 centimeters. From the base of the tail to like the um, top of her neck, she's 90 centimeters long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so these, that that like, she's a very um, average, like dimensional dog for these breeds. So you know they could easily get down to about like sixty-five centimeters tall to even like fifty on a small female easily. Um, but they're also can be really tall and can get easily to if she's twenty-five or if she's seventy centimeters tall, easily like our male um, Bowie who looks like a, a Great Dane. He can get up to like 90 centimeters tall and mm-hmm. like 110 centimeters long because he's just a big dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, I just got this really nice picture of one of our pups here. I'll show it to you right now. Sorry. And Laura oh. commented, his name is Grim. He's actually um, in the videos I had sent you, the one of the dog falling like on his face in the snow. Okay. Black Grim. Awesome, awesome. A few Black, different colors. Brown, fawn, um, blue, which is like kind of a gray. Yeah. Or just buckskin. Mm-hmm. Is the colors that we've found so far. Mm-hmm. You know, the buckskin kind of it, it ranges. It can be more of like a reddish, or more of like a lightish kind of like just like tan Mm -hmm. and then um you know some of them have kind of like the buckskin kind of hair but almost like darker like hairs like in the mix like kind of sandy almost Mm -hmm. um this the the blue or seal color is Mm -hmm. you know grayer um you know very nice color they as puppies they really look blue um and then there's you know dark brown which is actually what klaus's colors are he's a dark brown but it looks like a black in certain lightings and then um the fawn is more kind of like a grayish kind of um grayish kind of like buckskinish kind of color which mm-hmm. is very uncommon i don't find that one very often i haven't seen it very often but i know it's there and i also know it's like it had it can happen. Um, I would say that the dog Shere Khan, he had the potential to become, you know, more grayish in his coloring, but he just ended up being more buckskin and more just like almost yellowish and tan, if that makes any sense. And how is their coat different than say like a, a Doberman or a Lab or, or a Great Dane and or Stabshire with all the breeds that are in what so, like, with each dog and how they vary, so does their coat. So certain dogs will have, like, a thicker, more, like, coarser hair or, like, a thicker coat in general. And then others will have a very thin coat. So Klaus, he has a thin coat. He has, like, very little hair on him. Mm-hmm. And it's more just, like, cover-up. And then, like, for Asia, for example, she had a thicker head coat. You know, it was more, like, hairy. Mm-hmm. And... um so certain puppies got a hairier kind of like body and others didn't. So like, for, ex- for example, this tall dog, I keep mentioning Bowie, he has a thicker like hair. He has more of like, um, and like, just like a more coarser hair. Whereas Klaus's hair is more fine and just like soft. So it varies in that sense of like from 
um, the thicker and like heavier coat of one dog to the to like the shorter. And I would say that the the thicker and like coarser hair comes from the lab heritage because like Great Danes, Dobermans, and um, Staffordshire Terrier all have very thin hair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. More popular to have one with thinner hair, but it does occur for them to have a thicker kind of fur. And it's not like so noticeable that it's like, holy crap, like that's like a hairy mammoth. It's like- <laughs> Could a Canis panther live in a situation where like say uh, a townhouse or an apartment with a small yard as long as it – it uh, got enough exercise and yeah it like i totally think that a canis panther could live in you know like an apartment or a smaller space like that as long as every day it got that exercise that it needed if mm. it was you know left to just sit in a kennel all the time and you know didn't really get exercise maybe like once a week or something like that um then it wouldn't it would not do well um but you know each morning or, you know, five days a week, you know, you take it out, you, you know, exercise it and then, you know, let the dog just kind of calm, be calm while you're at work or whatever is totally doable. Um, it is easier when they have a yard, but you know, they're dogs. And if you don't want your yard to always get ruined, then once again, you're faced with the issue of like, where do I keep my dog? And, um, you know, they, they, they stay in a kennel easily. They're happy to, you know, as long as they're, their needs are met, you know, and ex- enough exercise, enough eating and drinking and this and that, right? Um, they, 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 they can do really well. Like, um, we have had the dogs, like, in, you know, hotel rooms or, like, um, you know, little apartments, you know, on the road. And, you know, they've all done fine every time. You know, it's been fully smooth sailing. They're, you know, they're with you. They're, you know, along with the ride. They're not really you know, fighting it every step of the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how do they seem pretty, uh, uh, for the most part, calm when they're inside? They're like, the breed itself is a calm breed. Like they're not, you know, so like, ah, I want to play all the time. You know, they're more, you know, I'm going to sleep right next to you and wait until you start walking around to then follow you. Okay. And, you know, maybe I'll just sleep through it even like they're very, um, they're very laid back. They're chill dog, mm-hmm. chill, chill. They have, they have the ability to be energetic and, you know, jumping around and all kinds of this and that. And they enjoy the times when they are, but like on average, you know, they're like natural being state is calm. They're not, you know, it's like a Malinois. They're naturally crazy kind of sometimes, you know, they're naturally like, wow. And these guys, they're just like, yo, you're just too much right now. <laughs> and like all the time, like they yeah. just want to sleep. They just want to cuddle. Like yeah. they just want to be. And so, you know, it's a, it's a cool kind of thing. You know, like if anybody were to have one of these dogs, like I'm going to just warn you now that your dog's going to cuddle with you. Like it's going to want it to happen. Um you know, every night my mom sleeps with Klaus and he sleeps in her bed and mm-hmm. like, he doesn't, you know, like, you know, he gives her enough space, but every night he's there. And what the original intent for the dog was it, was it just purely a uh, protection type dog or did they have any other functions uh, in mind when they created the animal? 
Um, as far as my understanding is, the, the function of the dog was um, protection and show, and like a nice dog to show. Okay. Because so like the dog couldn't been shown until it was registered. Mm-hmm. It had to be something first. And I think that they um, kept it in a like direction of like defensive and like, um, you know, protection. Because at the time, that that was a dog. That that's what was needed from the dogs that they they had. Um, you know, not so much a pet, but a protector. Mm-hmm. They were original protection, but aimed in the direction of trial and show and this and that, which is partially why they wanted a pretty dog instead of you know just a scary dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you uh, do you have any plans on showing your dogs, or is that mm-hmm. something that I would like to? Um, you know, currently. You know, I was in school for um, a year and a half. Um, I didn't do too well, so now I'm taking a year off. But um, I'm not totally sure whether or not I'm going to be, you know, spending that time with animals or if I'm going to be spending that time just kind of, like, working and, like, just getting, like, a routine down. Um, You know, maybe a bit of both. Um, I have an aunt in um, Vancouver who I would like to try to work with on know dogs and this and that and Mm -hmm. um actually one of the trainers that i'm really interested in like wanting to work with although i haven't reached out to her or anything like that is carrie hall just because she is the one who trained um our original like the first litter of puppies she took two of them and she one of the dogs is hers and the other one she trained to be a protector a service dog and you know she does she does a very good job of like understanding the animals and this and that so i was actually interested in working with her and then, you know, eventually working into trials and this and that, because like, if I would like to continue breathing, my animals are going to need um, titles and like, you know, something to show for them mm-hmm. rather, you know, look at how cute it is and look at how good it is mm. because, you know, you need a, you need a piece of paper to just prove, you know, just assure that the dog is, you know, what you say it is. And so, um, you know, it is one of, a part of my attention, but I haven't truly made a plan. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. And when you do have your your litter and and uh, you're moving forward, just uh, let me know. I'd like to be able to uh, do another uh, do another quick little podcast and see your puppies and all perfect. that. Yeah, that would be awesome. Actually, I yeah. I appreciate it very much. Yeah, absolutely. And at any time that you got, uh, you know, a dog that you are. Uh, wanting to uh find a home for just let me know i can put it i on actually my... share con he is actually our dog you know we have him right now because he didn't work on his home but mm. he actually is in search of a new family he's okay he's hanging out now. Oh, yeah. um he's he's not a, he's not a fighter he's a lover um we're just kind of like helping each other they're actually both totally hanging mm. out it's just for... <laughs> They're, they're they're cuddly dogs and they're they're good dogs. They're calm, you know. They just want to sleep and be in the house, a part of the family kind of deal. Yeah. And so, yeah, you know, um, you know, he is looking for a home. I haven't necessarily decided like, you know, what we're gonna do with him. But as of now, we're just we're looking for a new place for him to be, but the right place, you know, not just any place. And that's kind of part of it. It's not. I don't want to just throw dogs I care about into you know, anybody's hands, I want to know that he's going to be cared for. And that's, that's the most important part. How old is he? He's a, he's a year and a half. He, he was in our, or he's actually, he's two, two, 
in a couple months. He was born 2016 um, in like September-ish. Hmm. So he's, he's, a, he's a really cool guy. There we go. Just chill. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it was nice to meet you, and uh, it was a great conversation, and I appreciate it. And we'll, and I'll definitely be following, and you do the same with me. And uh, anytime you got something to say, and uh, just uh, hit me up. I will. And, you yeah. know, thank you so much for this opportunity. Yeah. You know, it was it was a really good introduction to just like you know this kind of like talking about mm-hmm. the dog just like you know i was i wasn't necessarily super nervous but i was a little anxious you know what am i going to say you know but i know i know what to say i know with the dog but you know it was just kind of one of those things so i you know i appreciate it because this was yeah. very positive as well yeah definitely well it has been so great to yeah. you know chat with you meet yeah. you and you yeah. know forward to our next interaction yeah yep I, I i appreciate what you're doing and and i admire the fact that you, you know you're 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 uh, a young woman that uh has a lot of uh a lot of potential here in this in this kind thank of world you. and so i thank I, you I look forward to, to seeing what uh what you got uh in store for you with the dogs so. me too huh <laughs> all right take care all righty well i have a great day and you, you know, too. Take care. All right. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye bye. Mm-hmm.